Uncle Mikey's Storytime is brought to you today by your mom's purse. It's where she keeps her keys and her wallet and gum and tissues. Your mom's purse. What else does she have in there? Welcome to Uncle Mikey's Storytime. Let's start the show. Hey guys, and welcome to Uncle Mikey's Storytime. I am your host, Uncle Mikey, and I've actually got a little pre-story today. Uh, Before we jump into the big story and the jokes and all that fun stuff, I wanted to tell you a little anecdote, a little story that uh, just happened to me recently. I thought it was good, and I wanted to share it. So the whole story starts maybe a couple weeks back when Tone and I were sitting in our, you know, one of our rooms in our apartment, and we were looking out the window, and wouldn't you know it, there is a skunk running around the streets in Chicago. Holy smokes, what is a wild skunk doing running around the streets? We wondered out loud to each other. We literally said it. And we're watching this skunk running across the street, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this skunk is lost. This skunk doesn't know where he is right now. Somebody needs to get this skunk some help. So I opened up the window, or maybe the window was already open, I don't remember. Either way, I stuck my head out, and I said, hey skunk, get a life. He didn't say anything back to me at all, and he just kind of scampered away, so I figured, you know, he was probably in a trash can somewhere. I did have a couple moments over the course of the last couple weeks when I saw trash cans and thought, maybe he's in there. But other than that, didn't really think twice about it. Until yesterday, when Tone and I are riding on the train, and we're coming back from wherever we were, uh, we're both just sort of sitting there minding our own business. I think we were looking at our phones or something. And all of a sudden, I can kind of feel a presence looming over me and I think oh it's the conductor and I start to jostle and uh, I'm like digging through my pockets looking for my ticket I never look up and then all of a sudden I hear this voice saying don't I know you from somewhere and I look over and it's the conductor but the conductor is actually that skunk that I saw running in the street the other day and we made eye contact and we're just sort of staring at each other until finally he breaks the silence And he says, oh, I recognize you. You're the guy who told me to get a life the other day. And that's when I reached over and I clutched Tone's hand because I was so scared. But then he said to me, he said, Mike, ever since you told me to go get a life, I've been doing a lot of thinking about how things are going in my world, what I've got going for me. And I decided all that running around from trash can to trash can business was wasn't the life that I deserved. And it wasn't two days later that I applied for this job at the train factory and they gave me the title of conductor. And since then I've fallen in love, had a child. My oldest son is gonna be starting at Villanova this fall. You know, I really went out there and I, I got a life. And I'm so happy to have this opportunity to say thank you. And I was obviously just blown away I've been thinking about that moment ever since. Like, first of all, did you know that there was a train factory and that they were the ones who were in charge of hiring conductors and also that they hire animals? I I didn't. Second of all, how amazing is it that you can have such a positive 
influence on somebody simply by telling them to get a life. I don't know. I guess it's just moments like these that remind you that you're part of the intricate web that is humanity and that maybe in some small way you play an important part. So next time you see somebody who's maybe feeling a little bit down or a little bit blue or sad, tell them to get a life. Maybe that'll help. Alright guys, well I wasn't lying when I said I got stories and jokes to tell. I think today we're going to start with the jokes. In fact, I kind of always start with the jokes. Alright, top three jokes of the week. We had a ton of submissions for Joke of the Week this week, by the way. Uh, I don't think I've mentioned this before on the actual podcast itself, but if you or anybody you love has a submission for the Joke of the Week, you can actually email me at UncleMikeyStoryTime at gmail.com. Please don't hesitate to reach out if you have a great joke. Maybe it'll be featured in the Joke of the Week. Who knows? Anyway, top three jokes of the week this week. So the number one, so the number three joke of the week, almost got ahead of myself a little bit. What kind of shoes do spies wear? What kind of shoes do spies wear? Sneakers. Because <laughs> they like to sneak around. It's part of a spy's job. The number two joke of the week, and this is, this is a very good one. What did one penny say to the other penny? What did one penny say to the other penny? We make sense. They must be in love or something. I don't really know the backstory of that joke. I just I just tell the jokes. It was a good one though. Okay, and now time for the number one joke of the week. I have to say, when all of the writers of the show got together to chat about the jokes for this week, this one joke had the room in absolute stitches. Everybody was cracking up. What is a snake's favorite subject at school? What is a snake's favorite subject at school? History. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. That's good. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't go to school with any snakes, so I can't really speak to the validity. You know how true it is. But it's good. It's good. All right, guys. We're gonna jump into our story in just a minute. It is the Emperor's New Clothes, by the way. I don't think I've mentioned that yet. Uh, but first, a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode of Uncle Mikey's Storytime is brought to you by your mom's purse. You know, to me, there's nothing funnier than picking up your mom's purse and dumping all of its contents onto the floor for her to have to pick up. I think it's funny. I think you think it's funny. And she probably thinks it's funny, too. Your mom's purse. What has she got in there? Alright, guys. Time to tell a story. The Emperor's New Clothes. The Emperor's New Clothes is one of these classic once upon a time stories meaning the best way to start it is to say once upon a time which means sometime someplace it's a very generic way of starting a story and i don't know about anybody else but the ironic thing to me is even though it's so generic to say once upon a time and it can mean any place anytime i always kind of picture the same place or at least a place that looks really similar to every other place. It looks a lot like now, only it's a lot greener. And instead of all the stores, there are more houses for people to live in. 
And instead of having these big malls or shopping complexes, you had sort of a local community of people who could grow things, build things, and sell them in exchange for other goods. It's not the kind of, and forgive me here, I'm going to veer on political a little bit, it's not the kind of economy that scales upwards very nicely, which explains why we don't have a barter system anymore, but, you know, I think it's a very human reaction to think of a time and place that has a barter system, and imagine it to be a much simpler time than the time we're living in. Well, you know what? That's actually kind of a mistake in this situation, because in actuality, the kingdom in this story is in a little bit of disarray right now. The rat population seems to be exploding, and there is a clear lack of leadership coming from the castle, from the king, on what people should do about this. And that's on top of the clean water issues, the lack of jobs for an exploding human population. There are any number of problems that this kingdom is having, and unfortunately, the biggest issue that they're having is that the king himself doesn't seem to be focused on solving any of these problems. Where in a lot of kingdoms, you would say, when asked uh, the question, where is the king, you would say, the, the king is in council, or the king is on his throne. The joke in this kingdom was, the king was always in his closet. He was always trying on new clothes. In fact, people said he was obsessed with his clothes. And every hour of every day, he was trying on a different outfit. So if you just do some really quick math, that is uh, 24 times 7, so that's like one, 168 a week on clothes, just like 168 individual outfits, and then you multiply that by obviously 52 weeks in a year. We're, we're, honestly, we're talking close to 9,000 unique outfits that this king was trying on every year. And gosh, and gosh, gosh, he's been alive for, you know, 50, 60 years at this point. I, I shudder to do the math on how many outfits this dude has gone through in his life. But let me say now that it is incredibly wasteful. So the town, not doing so well. The king, unfocused, only paying attention to his outfits. The only time he really pays attention to anything other than his outfits is the one time a week where his royal carriage takes him around the kingdom to show all of his people uh, one of his favorite outfits of the week. Whichever one he kind of decided was the best one. And while I think it's really fair to say that the king was well-meaning in these parades, that he really thought that he was benefiting his kingdom by showing people his greatness, his wealth, his strength, Ultimately, those intentions were misguided. The, the people of the town didn't want to see a king who was rich when their daily lives were so difficult. They wanted him to change the town so that they could all live nicely, even at the expense of him having less outfits. But the king doesn't have to hear that because he's the king and he doesn't hear that. So he continues to focus all of his time wearing different outfits, trying on different outfits, showing off different outfits. And that's how things kind of go on for a while. Things are getting slowly worse in the kingdom. The king is continuing to buy and try on clothes. Until one day, two men appear in the kingdom and request some time with the king. Now let me tell you now, these guys are swindlers. You look at them and they look like cartoon characters of swindlers. 
like a mustache and squinty eyes. Uh, one of them is bald and has an eye patch. They just don't look trustworthy, little grimy, clothes don't match, different patterns as if they've stolen things. So these guys show up in the kingdom and immediately request a council with the king. And they get one. It's almost too easy. And they tell the king, who they know loves clothes, that they have a way of making clothes like none other. Like the fanciest clothes in the world. They are so delicate and so thin, they're like spider webs. In fact, they're so thin and they're so delicate, these swindlers, these flim-flammers say to the king, that uh, the untrained eye, the idiots amongst us, I guess, the ignorant fools, wouldn't even be able to see it. They'd see nothing at all. It's only the people with really precise, educated eyes that can see it. And the king is like, this is going to be the crowning jewel of my outfit collection. You guys need to get to work immediately on building this. I will give you whatever you need. I only ask that you actually physically make my new clothes in the castle. But otherwise, just shout if you need anything. Get to work, you know. Go crazy. Let's see them close. And so these trickster guys, they get to work, right? They set up these fake looms in the castle. Well, they're, they're real looms, but the thread that's running through them isn't real. It, it's in quote-unquote invisible. But they nonetheless work at them for hours at a time, you know, pretending that they're weaving fabric when in actuality there's nothing there. And it's like a full-time job, you know? They, they go in at 9, they clock out at 5, they live in the castle... They're getting money for this. All the time, they're just pretending to make these clothes for the king. And this goes on for a couple of weeks. The king is getting kind of antsy, so he decides one day that he's going to send one of his most trusted advisors up to go check on these guys and see what the fabric looks like, what his new outfit's going to look like. And the advisor's like, of course, I'm excited too. I heard about this stuff. I heard that only smart people who are really intelligent are able to see it, so I'm... I'm really looking forward to seeing it. And so he goes to where the con artist guys, the flim flammers, are doing their project, doing their weaving. And he knocks on the door and he says, Hey guys, I'd love to check out the work. I'm here on behalf of the king. I'm his number one advisor. And so they stop what they're doing and they, they say, oh, Of course, of course, let us show you uh, just this piece of fabric that we finished earlier today. And they hold up their hands as if they're holding fabric, but there's nothing there. Their hands are empty. Well, of course, the king's advisor is looking at them like, oh my god, I don't see it. Does, does this mean I'm an idiot? Only smart people are supposed to be able to see that fabric, but I don't see anything. I, I must be dumb. Well, I can't tell anybody that I'm dumb, so I'm just going to pretend that I see something. And that's what he does. He pretends that he sees something because he's afraid to admit that he sees nothing because he believes that seeing nothing makes you dumb. Admittedly, this is incredibly convoluted. So anyway, he has to go back to the king now and pretend that he saw fabric and that it's beautiful. And he, he describes it the same way that the, uh, the con artist guys, the hustlers, had sort of described it to him. It's got beautiful colors and patterns. He just basically echoes back exactly what he was told. That way, when the king sees it, he'll, you know, know that the advisor was telling the truth. And the king gets more excited, obviously, just hearing something about it. And a couple days go by, and he wants to check up on the progress of it again, so this time he sends up his prince, his son, and he says, My prince, 
you are my kin, you are the person that I trust the most. Uh, can you go check up on this and see what it's looking like? You know, give me an update. Is this a black shoe, brown shoe, blue shoe situation? Do I need a belt? And the prince agrees. The prince is obviously very excited to see this. Uh, he rushes to where these flimflammers, these scumbags, these dupers of kings are doing their looming and knocks on the door. The guys answer the door and he says, guys, I want to see what this outfit's looking like. The king is getting antsy. I am uh, here on his behalf, so let's see it. And the con artist hustler flimflammers were like, of course, yeah, of course, let's show you, uh, it's out, the outfit's actually pretty close to being done at this point. And they point over to a mannequin across the room. Now to the prince, he's looking at this thing and the mannequin looks completely naked. But the two flimflam hustler guys, they're like, oh, can't you see the beautiful fabric, the delicate spiderweb-like, you know, intricacies of this, you know, need I remind you that only intelligent people are able to see this? Obviously, if you were a dumb person, you would see nothing, but you being the prince, you probably, you, you see this. And the prince, despite seeing nothing, is too embarrassed to say that. He's panicking internally, like, oh my god, am I stupid? Am I an idiot? I can't let anybody know this, so I'm just going to pretend that I see something. So then he goes back to the king, and he tells the king that he saw it, and it looks great, just as the guys had described it, beautiful colors. Uh, now there are buttons to make his shoulders look better. He's just repeating exactly what he heard from these con artist guys. And man, at this point, the king just, he is so excited. He gave it like two more days, but then he, he couldn't wait any longer. He had to go see this thing for himself. So just like his most trusted advisor and the prince before him, the king goes knocking onto the door of the place that these hustler flimflammers are working. And when they let him in which of course they did because he's the king. He says, I'm gonna cut to the chase. I'm trying this outfit on. And they were like, that is absolutely fine because we just finished, honestly. We just finished in the last like 20 minutes. We were just congratulating each other on a job well done. You walked in at the perfect time, king. And they told him to disrobe, which he did. And they told him to stand in front of the mirror, which he did. And they one by one started taking invisible layers of clothes off of the mannequin that was standing next to him and draping them and wrapping them around the king almost as if they were dressing him but there were no clothes and when they finished they brushed his shoulders a little bit stood up straight next to him and looked in the mirror said king you look great just as we promised you you have the most delicate beautiful dainty fancy clothes that have ever existed just like we promised you only intelligent smart really good at their job people can see it and the convex of that being that only dumb idiots who are useless and shouldn't have their jobs can't see it so you're welcome and the king looked at himself in the mirror and obviously he saw that he was wearing nothing. He saw that he had no clothes on. But in his head, he must have been thinking, I can't let these guys know that I'm an idiot. I've got to pretend that I'm wearing clothes right now. And so that's what he did. 
just like the prince, just like his most trusted advisor, he pretended that he was wearing clothes so that nobody would know that he was an idiot. These hustlers, these flimflammers, these con artists completely got away with it. They gathered all the money that they had been saving, grabbed some, you know, chandeliers and some fancy frames from off the walls, anything that wasn't, you know, anything they were able to take, basically, they took. And they got out of town. Well, the very next day was the day of the parade. And of course, I mean, this is like the fanciest outfit that the king's ever had. Of course, this is going to be the outfit that he decides he has to wear. In fact, they've already made public statements to the people of this kingdom, to the people of this village to say, the king is going to be wearing the fanciest outfit ever at the next parade tomorrow. This outfit is so fancy, so delicate, so dainty, that the only people who are even able to see it are educated people, smart people, people who are good at their jobs. Anybody who is a moron or stupid or dumb or a dummy head, unable to see it, it'll appear as if the king is naked. How amazing! So it's the day of the parade, and just as usual, the king is coming down the parade route, and people are seeing him, and they understand that only only smart people can see the clothes. So all of these people are clapping and screaming and yelling and cheering for this king because none of them want to admit that they don't see anything, that the king is naked. The only person, the only person who had the guts to say anything was a little kid. I mean, cop it to the fact that kids just are honest about things. They call them like they see them. It's an important quality to have, and I wish more adults were as honest as kids were. Leave it to a kid in this situation to speak the truth. One kid stood up in the audience and said, hey, that king is naked. And just when he said that, or she, nobody remembers, Suddenly, everybody burst out laughing because they realized they weren't the only one who saw nothing. And they thought it was funny that the king was naked and how serious he was taking everything. I don't think the king thought it was very funny. He uh, kind of picked up the pace and rushed through the end of the parade, ran back to the castle, and, well, he probably had a good long reflection about what he prioritized. That kingdom doesn't exist anymore, so I'd have to imagine that things didn't get much better. But I think at the end of the day, you know, laughter's the best medicine. So at least they had a good laugh at their own misery. Alright guys, well thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Uncle Mikey's Storytime. As always, you are appreciated by me. Um, and have a good rest of the week. Take care. Thank you for listening. We hope you join us again next time on Uncle Mikey's Storytime. Time.